Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program, you know, it's estimated 20% of youth ages 18 to 29 I like how they call that youth, cast a ballot for this year's midterm elections. It was the second highest youth voter turnout in almost three decades. Now, in this hour, we'll talk about how the Republican Party can attract more of this voting bloc. Also, the Georgia Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled is now offering a new resource to its website. We'll talk about that. All those important conversations are coming up. But first, we'll talk about this. Governor Brian Kemp is extending the state gas tax suspension one last time. This will allow Georgia families to use those savings on holiday purchases and the extra cost of this season that go into providing a Merry Christmas for children, a Happy Hanukkah for families of Jewish faith, a joyous New Year for us all, and for other important holidays celebrated by people throughout this diverse state. But as we hear from WABE politics reporter Raul Bali, the tax will restart January 11th. Governor Kemp says it's time to transition away from the suspension of the 29 cent a gallon tax on unleaded and 33 cent a gallon tax on diesel that started back in March. We can't continue to pay what we're doing on the gas tax suspension, uh, but we do have one time money that we want to help Georgians with. The governor there referring to the billions in surplus state income tax revenues. Two legislative proposals he intends on pursuing are one-time state income tax and property tax rebates totaling $2 billion. The governor says that could translate to about $500 for joint state income tax filers and $500 for homeowners. Raul Bally, WABE News, the state capitol. And also at the state capitol, Governor Kemp talked about a, quote, sincere conversation, close quote, he had with Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock. Which I congratulated him on a hard-fought victory. And we also agreed that we're committed to working together on issues where we can all agree to keep our state moving in the right direction. In other news, South Korean companies SK Innovation and Hyundai Motor Group are building a new electric vehicle battery manufacturing plant in Bartow County. Now, Governor Kemp says the $4 to $5 billion investment will create nearly 3,500 jobs. Another Hyundai multi-billion dollar EV and battery plant is already under construction near Savannah. And Kemp says without including this latest plant, the Georgia EV projects since 2020 total approximately $17 billion in investment and nearly 23,000 new jobs here in the state. Georgia wildlife officials and advocates are urging Congress to pass a bill that would give a huge boost in funding for conservation work, as we hear from Molly Samuel. 
Georgia is one of the most biodiverse states in the nation. We've got more than 250 species of freshwater fish, nearly 90 species of reptiles, freshwater mussels. There's 129 kinds of those alone and more than 3,400 species of plants. We work on everything from, I like to say, tiny snails to right whales, everything in between. Brett Albanese is Assistant Chief of Wildlife Conservation at the State Department of Natural Resources. While his section has a lot of plants and animals to work on, it doesn't have a huge budget. That's why he and others are excited about what's called the Recovering America's Wildlife Act. According to supporters, it would provide more than $27 million in federal funds annually to Georgia. That's nearly double the wildlife section's whole budget from this year. It has the potential to be a, a game changer for species in Georgia and beyond. Um, and is really landmark legislation. Jeanette Gare is the director of the group Environment Georgia. She and others are pushing to get this legislation passed before Congress leaves in a few weeks. The bill is bipartisan. It has sponsors from both parties in the U.S. House, which it's already passed, and in the Senate, where it's pending. There had been concern about how it would be funded. The bill would allocate more than a billion dollars a year nationwide. But a proposal is now being worked out to tax cryptocurrency differently and use the proceeds from that. Molly Samuel, WABE News. And finally, the rookie gets a start. Well, with a bye this weekend, meaning the Falcons won't play, the team can get rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter ready for his first time starting. That's because head coach Arthur Smith has told veteran Marcus Mariota, have a seat, which means sit. You're being benched. So Ritter will have his start next Sunday, December 18th, of all places when they travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Best of luck to you, young man. The Falcons are currently 5-8. and eight. Now, whether we're talking about sports or 250 species of freshwater fish, you name it, we talk about it. The environment, health and wellness, politics. And we strive to bring you quality programming, well, that we figure is tied to those quality of life issues or simply, you know what, we have pretty cool programming overall. So thank you for listening to Closer Look. As you know, I'm Rose Scott. And today we are here in our year-end fundraiser and we're asking for your gift because it helps us to create better understanding and interesting interviews. Right now, we've got yet another reason to give. So joining me this very, very abbreviated pledge drive is WABE regular contributor, journalist, author, host, interior decorator to Rose Scott, Gail O'Neill. As always, great to have you along. <laughs> Thank you for giving me my props as your paint chooser. <laughs> Rose, good to hear your voice again. Absolutely. Uh, listeners, when you give right now during Closer Look, we will enter you into a drawing to win two tickets to the Wait Wait stand-up tour at the Tabernacle on December 17th. It's hosted by the very hilarious Alonzo Bowden, and joining him in Atlanta will be Maz Jobrani, Maeve Higgins, and Helen Hong. You're in the drawing with your gift at wabe.org slash donate. And here at the end of 2022, we want to take a moment to remind you of some of the stories that we've been able to share with you this year. Like the story from the 1A on July in July, when they talked about how America's relationship with our national anthem is complicated. And this one I loved, in November on All Things Considered, mm -hmm. Olympic diver Tom Daly shared how knitting mm -hmm. helped him to win a gold medal. I knit, but I have no hope of winning a gold medal in anything. <laughs> this is not just in the WABE newsroom, but also through our daily issues-driven talk show, Closer Look with our beloved Rose Scott. WABE was able to bring you these stories in 2022 thanks to past support. 
And your end, your year end gift right now will help us do the same as we step into 2023. So please take a moment to give at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090 and thank you. My name is Evangela Jenkins and I live in Powder Springs, Georgia in Southwest Cobb. Closer Look with Rose Scott is another favorite program of mine because she focuses on the issues in our city of Atlanta, um, the political issues, the um, community issues. She interviews a lot of our um, leaders and she holds them to account. You know, if, if they give her some basic answer, she has a follow-up to get them to open up. And that's what I like about Rose. Rose also does all the mixing of the music for the pledge testimonies. A little Isaac Hayes for y'all. Well, big thanks to Evangelica. We appreciate it in Powder Springs. And yeah, I like that. A follow-up to get them to open up. And like I tell people all the time, you know what? You don't have to answer any question, but I hope that you do. And it's because we know that it's it's great to learn. I listen, so I learn too. That's what Closer Look is all about too, conversations. And so no matter who she's speaking with, which is me or anybody else, whether it's Lois or me or anybody else, we hope that this kind of information is why you tune in to WABE. It just takes a moment that you can now tune in by logging on or say donating or calling 678-553-9090. And please do whatever you can to help us out. And as always, we say thank you. Evangela, I could not agree with you more. Rose, I don't think I've ever heard you at a loss for words, even when I'm saying (laughs) They just try to pass that over on our roads. Uh, From time to time, a listener will donate to WABE, and invariably it includes an apology. It sounds something like, I wish I could do more, I wish I could give more, but please remember that every gift matters and every gift helps. So we do not accept any apologies, but we're happy to accept your gift. Take a moment to give yours now at wabe.org slash donate or with an old-fashioned call to 678-553-9090, and thank you. At the end of the year with your gift to WABE, we'd like to thank you with a gift in return. Maybe that's the new WAB hoodie, the I Love WABE mug, or even a selection of WABE vintage gifts. See them for yourself when you make your year-end gift at wabe.org slash donate. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And don't forget, when you give today, your name will be entered into a drawing to win two tickets to the Wait, Wait stand-up tour at the Tabernacle on December 17th. I'm not included in that. A little upset. That's okay. For full contest details, just visit wabe.org slash contest rules. And listen, your odds of winning right now are pretty cool. They're currently one in four. That's not bad. So please give at wabe.org slash donate or the old-fashioned ways we say 678 Five five three ninety ninety. By the way, if you're listening to the evening rebroadcast of Closer Look, that's you. We're also going to enter you into this drawing, too, so be sure to give your gift as well. Again, wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090 and thank you. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving 
to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues from WABE here in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. According to what's called, quote, day after estimates, 27 percent of youth ages 18 to 29 cast a ballot for the 2022 midterm elections. And this, they say, is the second highest youth voter turnout in almost three decades. Now, this actually comes from the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement, also known as CIRCLE, which is housed on the campus of Tufts University's Jonathan M. Tisch College of Civic Life. That's a lot. But the center also estimates some states like Georgia had an even higher turnout for this group, nearly 31 percent. And this is before the recent Senate runoff race here in Georgia. Now, today we're going to talk about how the Republican Party can attract and maybe even be more engaging to this group of young voters. I'm joined now by Alex Alan English from the Atlanta Young Republicans and Winslow Jones, who's vice president for membership. Thank you both for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us, Rose. Let me start Thank with you for having us. Appreciate it. So, uh, Winslow, I'll start with you. And then, Alan, you can jump in there. Uh, when you hear that number and that that uh, it's interesting, and I chuckled about this, that youth group that ages 18 to 29. Is that a demographic you all think that that really not enough attention is paid to? I would say uh, I would say. Yes, and that's what our group really tries to do is um, engage with the not just millennials, but the Gen Z generation um, and get them more interested in politics. And we actually do um, some outreach over the years. We've done some outreach over the years to um, colleges um, around um, in in high schools as well um, to get them um, people engaged in what's going on politically. Alan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that, you know, when you look at a lot of the things that are talked about on a national level or, or even here in, in the state of Georgia, a lot of that affects young people, but there's not really a lot of targeting to mm-hmm. how does it affect them. Like, it, it affects them indirectly. Um, and so I think that Winslow really nailed it. I mean, that's really what we do is we engage with that age group. I mean, we, our age group is 18 to 40, but that sweet spot's probably late 20s to early 30s. Um, and so what we really try to do is is to get people involved and educated in the political process so that, you know, they, they understand how these things affect them. Well, Alan, let me ask you this. When you say engage, what does that look like? Well, I think it means two things. One, I think just just coming around and learning about the process, that's one that's one point of engagement. And that's something that that's kind of the, the low hanging fruit is we, we bring people in. But also um, getting people out there to talk to other people. We you know, we work directly with the campaigns during a campaign season to supply volunteers. So they're knocking doors, they're making phone calls. So we're actually out there working in the political process. But part of it is you know, you gotta learn what all of that means so that they can be active and uh, successful volunteers. Winslow, for a state like Georgia, are you having to adopt different types of engagement strategies that you might, your organization as a whole might have here in Atlanta, as opposed to the rest of the state, which, you know, we consider Georgia being rural? Yeah, 
Um, so we, well, our club has two, usually two events per month. Mm-hmm. And so we do have um, a marketing um, vice president that um, has different strategies to get the word out about our events. And so our events are just, um, we have a, different places around Atlanta. Um, it's just, it's, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to attract people that are maybe, maybe don't know much about politics, but are kind of interested in just mm-hmm. kind of exploring maybe this side of the political spectrum and see what the, just to see what the young people out there are, are getting involved in. And so um, we do have events um, in some of those events, like Alan mentioned, are during the election cycle, actually get involved directly with campaigns. Um, and, but yeah, we do have a whole marketing, um, uh, uh, we do have a person that, that uh, does the marketing for our group. And so, um, yeah, she gets out the word through social media and, and things like that. Winslow, let me stay with you for a moment, because also in that research from Tufts Tisch College, and it said, look, they estimate that many of the young people from that voting block continue what they call a trend of strongly backing the Democrats by a wild, by a wide mm-hmm. margin in this year's election. So when you hear that, what does that say to you about that group and more that your party has to do if you want to get that, that number changed a little bit? Um, you're absolutely correct on that. I would agree with you. I think that um, the Republican Party needs to make a better effort um, to get, getting out and getting engaged with these. That's what our group is trying to do, <laughs> is getting out and getting engaged with um, this age group. Because um, you see the colleges, you see how much of the um, the more of the left-wing um, ideology is, is infiltrated in the colleges. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it would be helpful to have other people go into those venues mm-hmm. and um, just have good conversations um, in, in, in the colleges about what the Republican Party really stands for. Because I think that it kind of gets, seems to get misconstrued um, in the media about about the Republican Party and they're only just getting one, one message about us. And so um, I do think that is something that we are working on, at least mm-hmm. as a club here in Atlanta, is, is trying to get out and go to the colleges and just engage with those college students. Um, Alan Winslow mentioned that uh, perhaps a message is not fairly disseminated in the media. Now, you know I took offense to that, Winslow, but that's okay. Um, because it's not all the same media. But, listen, there is a there has been this disconnect. We keep hearing about this, this word disconnect. And I think the Democrats have an issue, too. Uh, and somewhere in the middle, I've heard people say there needs to be, for both parties, somewhere in the middle, they got to do a better job of not only just reaching and engaging, but listening to those issues and concerns for this age group that you all are talking about. And one is student debt. So can you understand someone saying, well, why would I want to be a member of the Republican Party when many of them wanted to eliminate, you know, the the, the student debt that we were going to get from the Biden administration? Can you understand that? Yeah, I mean, I can totally understand that. But I mean, when, when you look at student loans, I mean, I, I, I look at them similarly to how I look at any other money that you receive from somebody else that you have to pay back. Um, I mean, it's, if I, if I go and, and take my credit card and I run up, you know, $25,000 in credit card debt, I, I'm not going to call American express and be like, Hey, I, I don't, I don't want to pay that. I want to, I want to get that forgiven. I told them that I was going to pay that back and therefore I'm going to, I should have to pay it back. And I think it's, I think it's just, 
you know, you when you go to, to get an education, there are great opportunities to get these loans, to get scholarships and things like that. But you sign on the dotted line that you're going to pay that back to the American people. And I think that you have a responsibility to do so. Well, can you understand someone saying, well, listen, there were a lot of folks, Republicans, Democrats, independents, centrists, whatever, libertarian. A lot of folks got money during the pandemic. And what if the government turned around and said, hey, you know what? We want that back. I mean, can you understand if there's a conflicting message there to the to that to that voting group about, OK, we want to come in and we want to help you. But now we don't make the same. We don't tell the banks or the automakers or the airlines to, to pay us back. Sometimes they do. But you can understand. Can you understand that? Oh, I 100 percent understand that. And, and I can tell you that I think that. You know, the way that the money was disseminated to these big corporations and, and was, was basically forgiven should not have been done. And, mm-hmm. and you see what that's done to our economy. You see what this inflation's done. So, I mean, I think that that was a wrong decision that both parties made going through the pandemic. Um, and and I, I think that they you know should have treated it how we would like student loans to be treated. They, they have to pay it back. So when you have a young person in the group that you're trying to educate more, that Winslow talked about the outreach, and then they have that, that that's how they think. So what are you going to counter with that to get them to even think about joining the Republican Party or at least listening more and, and supporting your candidates? How, how do you how do you get yeah, them I mean, to I, well, I, go ahead? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just um, I think it's a conversation of in that case with, with student loans is a conversation of personal responsibility. Um, you know, it, it is definitely a difficult topic, uh, as are you know many other ones. But I think that it's a conversation of, hey, look, you know, you got to benefit out of this education. The American people, the tax, the American taxpayer lent it to you. You you have to pay it back. I mean, it's just that's just how the world works. Um, and and I think that we can all agree on, you know, what I said a minute ago, hopefully, which is that, you know, that 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 is how we should have treated. Um, all of the the bailouts and all the money that was given to these corporations. And I think that's a message that we can use speaking to younger people. Say, hey, you know, we're on the same page with this. They should have had to pay it back, too. It's not fair that these big corporations got millions and millions of dollars. Uh, But that doesn't mean that, you know, we should have that we should, you know, make the same mistake twice. What other issues are you all hearing then that are important to this 18 to 29 or even if you want to take a little bit further, 18 to, to 35 block Winslow? Um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously we we touched uh, we touched on the economy, um, and so I think that a, a big thing that Al and I you know both have talked about is that the 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 concern going forward into can I will I be able to afford a home one day? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of young people are finding back in the nineteen you know fifties sixties it was, it was probably easier coming out of college to just uh, be able to buy a, a small home um, to start with, and then. Um, now, especially with the, the student debt issue, um, uh, it, it's harder for our generation and the younger generations to be able to afford a home just because they're just trying to make enough money to, to put food on the table. Um, and so I think that um, economically is, is um, a concern that can be touched on with the, the people, the, the young people 18 to 29 can relate to, especially coming out of college. Winslow, let me stay with you looking to 2024. If you had some advice, because you all are here on the ground and you're working directly with this voting block, if you had to you get a chance to spend some time with the GOP, the, the, the big folks, the big wigs uh, nationally, what are you telling them about how to strengthen 
this voting bloc within the Republican Party and appeal to this younger generation? Yeah, I think it um, I think really driving home the message of, um, uh, like Alan said, personal responsibility, um, economic freedom uh, going into the future. Um, uh, if, you know, if uh, we're in so much debt, like trillions and trillions of dollars of debt, I mean, what that does is actually limit um, the economic opportunities for the future. And so and that's, you know, in America, we're all about we're the land of opportunity. And so we don't want we want that to be the main message for the young people to join, you know, to at least um, explore this party and what we stand for. And Alan, within that group, the subgroups, are we talking about Black Americans, Latino and Hispanic communities, Asian American Pacific Islander, LGBTQ voters as well? Do you also have to have special messaging for these groups as well? And also, as you know, representation matters. So if you have more diversity within your group, are you can you leverage that to attract more? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that the, the messaging doesn't really change that much. I think that, you know, you don't think so uh, for, for these specific I, I, groups? It, 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 it depends. It depends. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, when you when you look at the main issues, which which, in my opinion, are you know the economy. Um, I would say economy and, and public and crime, public safety are probably the two most important things to young people. I think that applies to everybody. Um, and that's that's what we've seen just in, in our recruiting and, and in the events that we do, that those resonate with everybody, regardless of you know your gender, regardless of where you come from. Those are things that, that everybody are, are concerned about. Let me ask you, Alan, and we're going to wrap up in a moment. But I want to—I I do want to get a chance to get in the get you on this because I think it's important. I want to take that further. You know, there are some issues that are that are crucial for Black Americans, for Hispanic and Latinos, for the LGBTQI community as well. You know, you have to take a deeper dive and and, and dissect into some of those issues that are important. Same-sex marriage. You know, policing in certain communities. You know, and, and Winslow knows when it comes to how much women are paid compared to men on a dollar. You know, we'd like to see that increase, too. Right. I mean, so what's your response? I mean, I, I agree with that. But I think that, you know, where, where you don't want to come across is that it's like, hey, we're we're we're, we're trying to act differently to different groups. We, we, we don't want to we don't want to do it. We don't want to we want what we do in our organization to be, you know, really you know, uniform to everybody. We're open to everybody. Now, that doesn't mean that, like you said, there are certain issues that that different groups, I think, value more than others. Mm -hmm. And I think that in in our recruitment efforts and and in the events that we host, we understand what those are, and we will target events to specific uh, issues that matter to different groups. So we're not going to, you know, go out of our we're not going to, you know, like I said, pander in, in one way or the other, because I want everybody to feel like, you know, we're all we're all valued the same. We're all the same, regardless of what we look like or, or where we come from. But is it pandering or is it you saying, look, we're taking a vested interest in these issues that are important to specific populations? No, I, I agree with you. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, you know, we are looking at those issues and we know what the issues and what the uh, priorities are. And we're we're targeting those things indirectly. I mean, I, so I guess maybe I maybe I should have been more clear about that at the beginning. I, I guess we're not just going out there and saying, "Oh, here are the five issues that matter to you know, this group, that group, and the other group." And this is how we're going to mm-hmm. run our organization, uh, 
moving forward. Um, it, it, I want it to, it, we run it more of a, a holistic, we take more of a holistic approach to it. I want to flip real quickly then because we've talked about the voting block, but let's all talk about the candidates. And there have been some high ranking officials within your Republican Party that have talked about the, and I'm using their terminology here, the, the quality or the stock of the candidate. And and then some have made it that that reference here to what just happened with Herschel Walker. Winslow, what do you make of that? Yeah, so I think um, the lesson that we can all learn, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, is that um, we here in Georgia and um, other states learned that we should maybe look at candidates for their political public service experience rather than their celebrity status. I think that's what we can all take okay. from that um, that experience. Well, that Alan, scenario. what do you take away from this past experience here in Georgia? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I totally agree with it. And I think that everybody, regardless of what party you are, we're all infatuated with celebrities. You know what I mean? I'm so not. I think it's like, wow, a celebrity. <laughs> Well, but I mean, I'm just saying. Well, only I mean, one, and that's Shaka Khan. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so technically, there you go. I mean, you know, uh, but I, I just think that people people look at celebrities like, wow, you know, I, I love them, or I love her, I love him, and I think that we need to look more at you know celebrities, you know, musicians, football players, actors, whatever it is. They're not always going to be the best candidates for things, and they might they might actually be the best candidates. You never know. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I think people need to. We all need to look at, uh, you know, candidates and, and their experience in public service as the number one thing uh, that that we're making our decisions based upon. All right. Alan English from the Atlanta Young Republicans and Winslow Jones, vice president of membership. Thank you both for coming on and taking the time. I really appreciate it. Good conversation. Thank you, Rose. Appreciate it. like I'm doing a smooth jazz set on 90.1 WABE. That is the great Stanley Jordan when Julia smiles. Let's listen. (laughs) But it's not smooth jazz. It's Closer Look and I'm Rose Scott. The reason we have fundraisers like this, not just to bring you Stanley Jordan, uh, but we're looking for donations to help cover the cost of programs like Closer Look, City Lights, and all the great programming that you hear and to cover the cost of what it takes to bring you just a conversation we just heard. So please take a moment to give your year-end gift at wabe.org slash donate. And I'm joined this hour by Gail O'Neill. Rose, I'm sure I'm not the only listener who finds the bonus of your playlists a big incentive <laughs> to listen to Closer Look every day. So listeners, when you listen, when you give right now during Closer Look, we will enter you into a drawing to win two tickets to the Wait Wait stand-up tour at the Tabernacle on December 17th. It's hosted by Alonzo Bowden. And joining him will be Wait Wait panelists Maz, Maz Jabrani, Maeve Higgins, and Helen Hong. You're in a drawing with your gift at wabe.org donate. And here at the end of the year, we like to remind you of some of the stories we've been able to share with you thanks to listener support. For example, in June, Morning Edition went to a mountaintop in New Mexico to show you the job of a fire watcher. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there were such things yeah. before hearing that program. That was really cool. And then I love this. Last August, um, All Things Considered asked 
why so many people seem to like garlic, but how few recipes call for it. Yeah. That's very interesting. I am an amateur chef, and that is true. Uh, <laughs> WABE was able to bring you all of this information thanks to Atlanta listeners. And as we step into 2023, we're looking for a little bit more help from listeners just like you. So please take a moment to give a year-end gift at wabe.org donate or call 678 678- Five five three ninety ninety, and thank you. Hey, I'm Cardiff Garcia from Planet Money, and last Christmas I asked Santa for something a little different: high yield bonds, also known as junk bonds. And Santa said, "Has Cardiff been a good boy this year?" <laughs> and he delivered. We had some good times. I feel like we need to name this bond. Ooh, Becky. Oh, I like Becky. We had some bad times. Our two bonds that we paid $600 for yeah. are now worth about five bucks. And in the end, the company went bankrupt. The bonds collapsed. And normally this is where the story would end, but we stuck with it. Our little junk bond Becky died and she emerged a stock. At NPR and at this station, we always stick with the story because you never know where it might lead. This kind of journalism only exists because people like you believe that it should. Then you do something special. You donate to this NPR station so we can keep going. Here's how. Easy. 678-553-9090. Or you can help us grow at wabe.org slash donate. Listen, I know there's nothing like public radio or now, as we say, public media public media here in Metro Atlanta. There's nothing like WABE. And so we rely on your gift to pay for a closer look and all the other all the other great programs that you hear on this station. Far and away, the largest source of our funding comes from in and around Metro Atlanta. So please take a moment to lend some help of your own at wabe.org slash donate or call the old-fashioned way, 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you. And Closer Look continues here from Atlanta on WABE. I'm Rose Scott. The Georgia Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled is now offering a new resource. We wanted to know more, so we invited back to the program Gina Martin. She's the Georgia Library Service Outreach Manager. Gina, good to see you. It's been some time. I know. It's great to be here, Rose. Always a pleasure. Let me ask you this. I know you all have data that reveals, just in terms of numbers, How many Georgians overall utilize our public libraries here in the state? Oh, the public library system? Well, I am versed in what Georgia Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled actually. um, How many many in that? How many people we serve? Yeah. So we serve serve just over 10,000 people. And, of course, there's room for more. Yeah. Do you think that when you say, of course, room for more, it's because maybe folks do not know what services you all provide in general? Correct. Correct. We are the best kept secret. Um, we provide free audio books and Braille to eligible Georgians and it's for their lifetime. For, for their lifetime? For their lifetime. What's changed? I know you all are rolling some things out here, but since the pandemic started in 2020, have you all, did you all have to assess and sort of evaluate, okay, how can we be better at serving this particular group of Georgians? We did. We we all 
offer our products through the mail. So most of our patrons receive their audio books and their uh, large print books and their braille through the mail. And when the post postal um, services were having some slowdowns as a result of the pandemic, that affected our clientele. And we also have a um, Bard mobile app that we um, we recommend that people can access their books um, through without having to wait for um, books through the mail. So you all do rely on other, in terms of technology, other apps and, and resources to help because there's partic- a specific part of our, our community that you all are serving. So you need to have sort of second and, and third party partnerships here. Correct, correct. And so we are a network library, the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. And we utilize the Braille and audio reading download um, services for people to access digital um, book titles. And so they can use their computers, they can use the um, their smart devices, Android or iOS systems. Um, we also um, provide them with a player to play the, um, the cassettes the titles on the cassettes. And how much or how important is it to have feedback from this group, this this population, because it helps you all in terms of deciding how you better improve and offer new services? Because you get feedback. Oh, yes, we get feedback. We just left a holiday party here. I'm in Savannah today, and we were at the Savannah um uh, so we were at Savannah uh, Coalition for the Blind and Low Vision, mm-hmm. and they actually had a holiday party with people who had recently graduated through their program, and they gave us lots of feedback today. Um, and so we take that feedback um, back to our um, offices to improve our services and to also make sure they're better informed. What you the hear? Programs and services. What you hear today? Um, we heard that some people are receiving books that they said they, they didn't like, and so. You know, we we find that, you know, you may like an author, you may like a John Gresham or, you know, a a particular author, but you don't like everything Mm -hmm. that they write. So um, what we do is we um, help them identify books that they would like that are similar to the the few books that they've read that they did like and enjoy. So we have reader advisors that are trained to to help Mm -hmm. um, identify books and to help people make selections um, and find uh, books and magazines that they really will enjoy. And so now you all are rolling out. You say you have a new improved website. You say hopefully it will better meet the needs of low vision patrons and our caregivers. Take our listeners through what is new. Our new website is easier to read, easier to navigate. So anyone using adaptive technology like a screen reader will be easy, um, will be able to more easily independently um, go through our website and find the information that they need. And we also have uh, more information on the new website, things that they normally would not have found on the previous website. They would have to call and get the information for. Now that is provided for them on the website, like our calendar, our uh-huh. calendar of events and programs now easily um, available on the website. And also this new site is is has a better, I guess, in- interface for those who are accessing it through their cells or t- their cell phones or tablets, correct? Correct. It's the mobile enabled uh, website version is much easier to see, much easier to find information and more appealing for those who have uh, vision. Let me ask you this, because you talked about the importance of of feedback and all the years that you all have been doing this. uh, Are there some 
services or, or some enhancements that you all would like to have, but maybe they haven't come online yet or you need, I love this, you need more funding for because now when people hear it, you might get it. <laughs> well, okay. So the number one request we hear, because we, um, my outreach team, Randy Robertson and Sarah Trowbridge, we travel around the state and mm-hmm. we get feedback. And um, the number one request is, is this accessible through a smart speaker? Ah. And we're not there yet. Working on it, um, we uh, just the technology just has not meshed at this time. That is very interesting. I never thought about that, but that is a very that's a good point. The for a smart speaker, which is it? Because my smart speaker is always yapping about something. I have to tell her to <laughs> her being because that's her name. Don't send me an email about this issue. I have to tell her to be quiet because he's always talking about something. So yeah, that's very interesting. Is that is that something you think you need to? partner with a separate type of a corporation that does this or or what's what's the what's the the barrier here is I it funding amazon it well it's, it's not so much funding i think it's the technology i think our technology has to meet the requirements for amazon and and google and for the other you know the, any of the smart speaker carriers and so that's where we are and i'm sure there's a funding issue i'm sure there's some proprietary issues um, and people who uh, work in those tech fields probably understand better than I do mm-hmm. what the issues are. But I know that we are interested in making this happen for our for our patrons. And let me tell you something. I know that there are people who are way smarter than me that are listening to this program. Our good folks at Spelman <laughs> in the in the STEM fields and and Morehouse and Georgia Tech and Georgia State. I know y'all got some stu- students over there that can make this happen for Gina and the crew. So we need the smart speaker to to work better with your applications to help pervert p- p- to help provide services for the blind and print disabled. So I know someone out there is listening. I don't know how y'all gonna hook up. I'll get an email, <laughs> but we're gonna make it work. The other thing that you said, uh, Gina, when we started this conversation, you said a lot of people don't know about us. So now how are you all getting the word out and the services that you provide? Well, your show is really helping us um, to get the word out as well as um, we utilize smart um, people in the libraries, in all the public libraries. We utilize them to help um, promote for us. So they're, they're front um they're doing the um, the good work of being right in front and center with our patrons. So they identify people who come into the library who say, you know, I really wish I could read a book. I can't seem to uh, read anymore. I used to come in all the time, but, you know, there's no need for me to come in here anymore because mm-hmm. my sight is, um, you know, slowly diminishing mm-hmm. or I've been diagnosed with macular degeneration. And then they can say, well, we have a service. We have a resource. Through and, the Georgia Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. And you told me, Gina, that roughly about 10,000 people take advantage of these resources. And we know that that number, it, it, it's a high, much higher number of folks within the state. That, oh, of course. That, so of course. so you got you to gotta be able to reach them. And I'm curious, too, in rural parts of Georgia, is that a bigger challenge as well? It is. It is a bigger challenge because, you know, um, one thing good about the device that we have is that it doesn't require Wi-Fi. And rural Georgia has challenges around having, you know, a strong Wi-Fi signal um, or access to Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And and so um, our service um, provides them with a machine that you plug in and they have a charge of about 30 hours. Um, and so a lot of people assume that it's Wi-Fi enabled and they need to have access to the Internet in order to access the service. And you don't. 
I have a listener that has a question here that says, again, how can we, we find out about these services in terms of utilizing them and taking advantage of them? This sounds great. To go to their local public library and ask them to um, assist them in getting signed up. Um, if they are uh, working with a, bride, a blind, sorry, blind um, and low vision service provider, they should be able to sign up there. They can always call the 1-800-248-6701 number and um, the reader advisors will help get them signed up and connected. And Gina, I want to be very clear because there are hundreds of public libraries in our state. Will they be able to match them if they don't have the resources, are you saying that all the libraries have these resources for the blind and print disabled, or at least they can point them in the right direction to getting that service? Yes, we are a division of the Georgia Public Library Service, which is the um, public library administrator for the state of Georgia. And so we work with all of our libraries in the state to have um, materials, access and knowledge of the services that we provide. And Gina, as we wrap up, because this is a big part of it, the reason why you all do this, because it is important for blind and for the blind and print disabled patrons to have not only just a sense of community and access, but also independence when using our, and you know, I grew up in the library in St. Louis, Julia Davis. I love the library. I think it's one of the greatest things out there, but to a benefit to our communities. But so this is also about independence for a population of Georgians that want to utilize these services. It is correct. We want to make sure that people are aware of our services, that they have the ability to enjoy reading. And this is magazines. We provide magazines. We provide books. We provide uh, sheet music um, in Braille, uh, foreign language materials. Um, we, you can access um, foreign language learning, music learning materials. It's a, a plethora of, of, of information and resources that we provide, um, and we want you to be able to be independent in, re, in accessing the services and being able to enjoy um, the programs that we provide that help you connect to a community of people who are, are um, also low vision or blind. So we have peer support groups. We have book clubs. We have a uh, grown folks only book club. We have women only book club. Grown folks. What y'all talking about? That's a whole nother se segment. Grown that's a whole nother segment. Oh, I can't go there. It's a family show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Gina Just Martin. Know for grown folks, I, they uh, they read everything. I, I, enough said. Gina Martin, the Georgia <laughs> Library Service Outreach Manager. Can I join that group? Thank you so much. You sure can. I, I got enough to do. Thank you so what much. What are you reading, Rose? Uh, Gina Martin is the Georgia Library Service <laughs> Outreach Manager. Let's get out of my business, Gina. Thank you so much <laughs> for taking the time. Listen, thank you so much for what you all are doing to help so many Georgians. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, Rose. Right, Have a great care. day. You too. <laughs> I am reading. What am I reading right now? Uh, what am? Oh, I'm reading a new book about uh, W. E. Du Bois. So we'll talk about that and our veterans. Uh, anyway. Important conversations just like the one you just heard. And right now we're fundraising to create more interesting stories just like the one you heard. I'm Rose Scott alongside Gail O'Neill. Gail, what you reading? Oh, well, I'm reading a book. I, I write uh, book reviews for Arts ATL or do Q&As with authors. So I'm reading a novel now by an Atlanta-based author, Tori Whitaker. Mm -hmm. And in the next week or two, you'll you'll be able to see a Q&A with her that I've done. Rose, do you still have a library card? Now, yeah, I ain't had a library card since, uh, ooh, it's been a minute. 
Yeah. Same for me. I hadn't had one since I was a child, but yeah. over the pandemic, I didn't want to go to the library. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get my library card. And ebooks are the greatest gift that yeah. we can give to ourselves. Yeah. No, it's that, just so easy. Well, and the library but, is such a, a, a much needed resource in our community. Just like WAB is a community, we want to be part of the community. And that's why we come to you because we are all a community, right? I mean, I know absolutely. it sounds like, where are you going with this, Rose? But listen, we all are a community. And that's why we do what we do. And so on this special day, and I'm going to let Gail tell you about it, when you do, give a little bit will, more. Tell them, Gail. We'll enter you into a drawing to win two tickets to the Wait, Wait stand-up tour at the Tabernacle. It'll be hosted by the very funny... Alonzo Bowden, coming up on the 17th of December. Joining him will be Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me regulars Maz Jabrani, Maeve Higgins, and Helen Hong. And you'll be in that drawing with your gift at wabe.org donate. And here at the end of the year, we want to remind you of some of the stories we've been able to share with you, like the story from March on Morning Edition, where they shared the story of a Virginia woman who found a collection of love letters in her attic and then tried mm -hmm. to find the owners. I want to see that Hallmark movie. And then in April, Emily Wu, Wu Pearson shared the story of how thousands of dying bees were relocated from the Atlanta airport. Yeah. That story was fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. And stories like these take time, energy, and mostly resources. Past donations, of course, help us to produce them. And now we're looking for your help with a December gift to us for 2023. It's easy at wabe.org slash donate or with an old-fashioned call to 678-553-9090. Thank you. I'm Lakshmi Singh from NPR. It has been a long year full of major news stories. The Supreme Court has eliminated the constitutional right to an abortion. The January 6th committee has begun to lay out what it has learned about this morning as Ukrainians face down the reality of a Russian Second, invasion. Britain's longest serving monarch has died at the age of 96. But there were also stories of resilience, discovery and hope. The CDC has now signed off on COVID-19 vaccinations for infants, toddlers. The James and Webb Telescope caught those images of ancient history, billions of Only one major theater out of nearly 500 across the country has gone out of business. Humanity has changed the orbit of a planetary body. The NPR network is here for you, and it takes all of us to make this coverage possible. Donate to the station today, and thank you. So many stories this year, so many interviews, Gail, features and news reports. You know what? You can make a year-end gift to support it at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. WABE was there for all of those stories, let me tell you, and, and during the pandemic. So we ask you now to be there for us. You know, listener funding from listeners just like you. Y'all make it happen. I love saying y'all. You know, I'm from St. Louis. I say y'all. So please take a moment to give a year in gift at WABE.org slash donate. And a listener wanted to know, what am I reading this book? It's called The Wounded World. And it's about W.E.B. Du Bois and the First World War. And what he had to think about, you know, as he put it, reckoning with the betrayal of black soldiers during World War One. So, wow. So that is a... a it's, it's so far, it's pretty good. I'm not finished yet because it's a lot of pages. So, Gail, if folks are on the fence about giving right now, what do you want them to know? Consider not just how much you listen, but why you listen and give what you feel you can afford. 
Even a one-time gift can make a huge difference to this station. It's very easy at wabe.org slash donate, or you can even call and speak to one of our old-fashioned operators at 678-553-9090, and we thank you. When you include WABE on your gift list this December, we'd like to send you a thank you gift as well. Choose from an array of thank you gifts, including a subscription to the New York Times, the new Amplifying Atlanta mug, or the iconic WABE tote bag. Plus, your year-end gift will continue to power WABE through 2023. See all of our thank you gifts for yourself at wabe.org donate. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So please take a moment to lend some help of your own at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And as we always say, thank you so much. And as always, thank you, Gail O'Neill. I really appreciate you hanging out with me on, on another edition of Closer Look. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Rose. Let's start our own grown folks book club. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> and that is that is it for this edition of Closer Look. Our producers are LaShawn Hudson, Daniel Razel, and Pat St. Clair. Our engineer is Kevin Rinker. A reminder, let me know your thoughts on today's program or any other. Just send me an email, rose at wabe.org. And if you missed any of today's program, it's online, as always, wabe.org slash Closer Look. And, of course, you know, Closer Look weeknights at 7 p.m. as well as in our podcasts as if you don't have a whole lot of other podcasts but make sure you get this one so subscribe to Closer Look wherever you like again 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate a big thank you to everyone who made a donation on this day stay tuned to 90.1 WABE Atlanta I'm Rose Scott Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.